1: The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV.
2: If you're losing first goal scorer, bet gets a goal. I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here. Both players have, have spoken with each other and, uh,
0: and they regret what happened, they've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're, both of them are keen to, to you
2: now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. but these fellas will get such a f***ing shit shot next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their
1: that's f- Where do you start with this one, lads? Um, We've a draw in an All Ireland final again, and for me, this was a classic. And I won't hear anybody saying this wasn't a classic. I mean, the tension was incredible. I had a knot in my stomach watching it. I can't even uh, uh, imagine what Dublin and Kerry fans were feeling. I can't imagine what Kerry and Dublin fans that had money on it were feeling. <laughs> like I, mean, like, uh, I was just—it was—it was an absolutely brilliant game. Both teams went at it. Um, the big question for me is is did Kerry leave it behind him, behind them? I think they did. But then you look at Dublin's complete domination of the last 11 minutes and all the wides, Connolly, Coslow with the Hawkeye, Howard with a wide, pretty sure Small had a wide in there as well and then Dean Rock's wide at the very end. So then you're looking, like Dublin finished that game with a man down much stronger. So it's hard to know. If you look at 66 minute, one point up against Dublin, a man up. In that context, Kerry left it behind it. But Dick, instead of Dublin cramping for the five in a row, I predicted it. Ker- well, didn't predict it. I said it could happen. You have a chance of stopping the five in a row. You're a pint up. That's squeaky bum time now. Dublin have been there before in an all and final Kerry hadn't.
0: Yeah, well, look, I suppose, take it for what it is, a drawn match, a sort of an epic struggle where both teams had um, periods of dominance. You know, supporters from both sides got great value, even though they're expensive tickets. But you know, it was a great spectacle, uh, a phenomenal contest. The, the the result in doubt, right to the last kick of the game. Yeah, I mean that that is what That's you what cannot you, you cannot get a better All Ireland final yeah. than that. Um, you know, back to who's who's going to feel sore this morning in terms of not getting the victory. It's it's very hard to tell. I mean, like Kerry missed numerous scoring opportunities in the first half um and then near the end of the game you know you would think Kerry would have the quality with a man extra with, with tired bodies to just be able to hold on to possession not take the ball into contact um all the good things that you talk about but Dublin's just manic work rate they're absolute you know kamikaze Type stuff, but really brave in terms of hunting down the ball, yeah. leaving players behind them to go and put pressure on the ball carrier. It was, it,
1: it was such a, it was desperate from Dublin. Yeah, we we're losing our yeah. five in a row.
0: Yeah. We need this ball back. Yeah. It was, <laughs> it's incredible stuff, yeah. and uh, like to be able to, you know, I think every anyone who has it should probably just watch the last fifteen minutes back again. You know, all of the massive turnovers from Dublin players. Like Kevin McMenamin came in and made a couple of phenomenal tackles, Connolly with a tackle as well. Like it was just the ferocity of effort from the Dublin players at the end of the game was huge. And that's not to take anything away from Kerry, because Kerry drove that throughout the course of the game. But when the game was there and their title was on the line, they deserve phenomenal credit with a man down to just find something. Like that's not to do with Tactics or skill on the ball, or any of those things, that's just pure character. And you know, they had it in spades as they've shown throughout the years. But that was the biggest test I'd say they've ever had.
1: Oh, definitely. And even Dean Rock, at one stage after a kick out, they all came converging on whoever was after winning it. And Dean Rock didn't go, he went to the goalie just not to give the handy out. Do you know what I mean? It was just like it was, I it was almost like we'll talk about the Kerry press and stuff like that in in part two. Was I like because you're following the ball. Dublin had to leave players completely free. It's just yeah. Kerry couldn't get the composure to pick them out. You were saying Gini was free. I know that they had overlaps under the Hogan stand twice. Yeah, They just couldn't get enough. They couldn't, they couldn't, get, couldn't get, get their head up. Because couldn't get their there, head up to was, pick them out. Yeah,
0: there was blue jerseys come, that coming at the ball carrier or the man in possession every time he got it. So, you know, in the deafening noise, you can't hear anybody calling for a pass Um your your mind is scrambled, the, you know, the atmosphere is incredible and all of a sudden you get the ball, you're trying to control the ball, you're tired and then there's just these big blue jerseys coming at you with huge physicality and, you know, proper, really good tackling as well. You know, you step past one man and all of a sudden another man hits you, you have to avoid him and you're straight into the third tackler and it's like, yeah. you can't get the ball away, so... You know, look at it, Dublin deserve massive credit for the ability at that stage of a contest with all the energy that had been ex- expended by both teams to be able to just bring that level of ferocity, you know, right at the end of the game is is just an incredible stuff and it, it was just it was amazing to watch that in the last yeah. few minutes I, I, don't,
1: really. I, don't, I don't think any team would be able to do what they did the, the man down if it was the other way around Kerry wouldn't have got the ball back off Dublin you just you no. sense they wouldn't have you know and I think that's P- Peter Keane said after the game he says and he has a good point here even though he gives so little away like I saw his interview is was comical like right. I mean Jesus um, he says at the end of the day we weren't in an all Ireland final since 2015 we have a young team what uh, what they're going to get only experience out of the game. This is a lear- this, there's a learning curve. I said all along we we're in a crash course of a learning curve, and it's only helping out. No matter how confident as a county Kerry are, and they are incredibly confident, in the back of all those players' minds to be going up, going, we want to fight. You know, are we as good as these? And now going up to the replay, they can potentially say we are as good as these. We have a match for their fellas, you know, and we can cause them an awful lot of problems.
2: Yeah, and what I also think, people are starting to say that Kerry might have left it behind when they went to the point up. They sort of shit themselves a little bit, they didn't push on, but they will be thinking coming up the road the next day that they were five points down with 56 minutes on the clock yeah. against Dublin, the most risk-averse, best team that we've seen uh, probably ever. So to come back from five points down and they go one point up like that, that will be serious credit in the bank for them in their heads.
1: The the only problem is a lot of the Dublin players will be really pissed off with their performances. And did you see what Jack McCaffrey did yesterday after a bad game against Mayo? (laughs) (laughs) Don't piss those lads off if they have a bad game. But like the Spillane goal, it's always a, a strange one. You watch the Spillane goal and it was a phenomenally good goal. And when a goal goes into Hill 16... I was actually thinking, is that goal being disallowed? You know, the hill goal. You know, it's just like, is that surreal what's after happening? Nobody cheers because the camera is on the hill and it's just deadly silence. And then you're wondering, has is the goal been disallowed? You know, I think it's weird when opposition score a goal into the hill. Yeah, 16. yeah,
0: there is. Yeah, there's. It's a, it's an eerie kind of a feel. Well, having scored a goal into have, the yeah, hill, actually yeah. speaking of no, that, it, it's it's strange because. You, you score the goal, and despite the fact there's a massive crowd in front of you where you're after kicking the ball in, all the noise is coming from left or right or behind you. Right, there's yeah. just no noise from directly in front yeah. of you. So. Yeah. So arms. it's crossed arms. Would you
1: believe I scored a goal into Hill myself, but it wasn't the against up No, the, no the, hill was, the Hill was empty. So, like, I mean, there was no, like. Uh, was still, it was against me, it was against me, actually. Ah, yeah, but, yeah, no, I must have forgot that. <laughs> did you still
2: was, give it the old big into the
1: Hill? Oh, no, I turned. There was a, a pocket of Leash supporters in the and I turned around to them.
0: Well, well I think you got your come up shortly after that did you?
1: I did anyway but listen this is all Ireland review no matter how much I like to talk about scoring goals uh, did you see Cluxton's reaction which is very out of character so he the Spillane scored the goal Cluxton wasn't at fault he was kind of unsighted it went under it was a desperate tackle by Howard and Cluxton's reaction—I would have thought the ball bounced out into your hand. Cluxton, put it on your tee, get it away. Yeah. He drove it back into the goals, yeah. like a pet, you know, a bit of petulance. And Cluxton was having such a, an amazing game, and there were five up. They only put two in it. I just thought it was a strange reaction from Cluxton.
0: Yeah, well, I be fair, if you, if you look at how that goal came about, and Cluxton is a bit like, he's almost like a, a manager on, on the pitch for Dublin, really. And I know he's in goal, so it's, it's, he can't you know, get the messages a lot, but he's watching a lot of the game and he can see what's happening. The goal came from Paddy Small taking on a shot that dropped short into the goalkeeper's hands. And then the second mistake that Dublin made was well, there was, there was three Byrne mistakes. Yeah. Davy Byrne dropped it. It was a difficult one. He was backtracking. He got both hands on it. It would have been a spectacular catch if he'd held it. But when he dropped it and Tommy Watch picked it up, Mick Fitzsimons left Spillane and went across to put pressure on Tommy Watch, which was a crazy thing to do. That was a bad defensive decision. If he stayed with Spillane, there was no goal. So Dublin had three attempts to prevent the goal and they made the wrong decision or poor execution in terms of skill on each of those three occasions. And, you know, Cluxton is watching all of this and he thinks they're five points up. But well, you know, we should be closing this game out. Um, but yeah, and I think he, I think the, I'm not too sure that he kicked the kick out straight to Tommy Walsh then. Yeah. He did, he did. So, when he
1: went, he was trying to kick it out to Fenton and Walsh read it. and Yeah,
0: but but even still, it's correct what you're saying. Like, if you, if you were to point that out, if that was any other goalkeeper doing that, you'd say, oh, he's lost the plot. So I think that there's a lot of coverage, um, and there was a lot of stuff in the commentary of the game as well about how Cluxton is having this, you know, magnificent game. And there was a lot of talk about his kickouts. Um, he kicked all his kickouts long to guys that he expects to field the ball. There was nothing special about anything he did from his kickouts, and they lost a number of them, and they won some of them, and they got scores out of them. But what he did was he played the percentage. He played them long. He didn't. He didn't put his team under any risk short. And of course, he made two magnificent saves. But there was an awful lot of talk about how imperious he was with his kickouts he didn't do... The reason he was good from his kickouts because he didn't try to do anything too smart. The one that he did try to do clever, Tommy Walsh intercepted it and should have kicked a score, and he got lucky that it went wide. Yeah. yeah.
2: And that one, you could see, I don't know if it was a Fenton or Howard, but whoever it was, we were gesturing back to him then. And that's when you started to feel like, geez, this is starting to come off a yeah, bit. Yeah, they've won it. a
1: few of his kickouts in that period. When Tommy Walsh, we'll talk about that in part two, Tommy Walsh substitution changed the game completely, not just from his impact, but tactically. Instead of Murphy being a sweeper, he marked someone, and now they played with an extra forward, and Dublin were all over the place dealing with this. We'll talk about that in part two because we have to talk about David Goff's performance. And I thought it was a very good performance by David Goff. Um, we'll start with the penalty. For me, For me, any other ref, it's probably a harsh penalty. It's, uh, but with David Goff, I've no sympathy on Cooper. David Goff's thing, and all referees have a thing, and David Goff's thing is do not be pulling your man off the ball because I will blow that. And the point when Johnny Cooper pulled Goff or pulled Clifford, was when Clifford just was following the flight of the ball. By the time Clifford came back around from being pulled, Cluxton had a cut. So he made a huge difference. It was minimal contact, but he made a huge difference in in Clifford being able to go for that ball. Do you know? So for me, it was a penalty all day long.
0: Oh, it's the most obvious penalty you'll ever come across. Now, Johnny Cooper had his back to the ball. He had his arms wrapped around Clifford and then he had a pull of his jersey. I mean, on three separate occasions there, he's fouled him. Yeah. Um, technically now I know everyone will waffle on about how it's you know the contact is maybe minimal but there can be no debate that Clifford is trying to read the flight of the ball yeah. his direct opponent putting is putting him off is not facing the ball and he has his hands wrapped around him like how more obvious does a foul get? Yeah, no, it's
1: true. And this is David Goff, who's watching out for absolutely. Stuff like that,
0: like you know? this is this is Goff's thing, as you correctly point out. He does this in every single game. I, I've played in club games, and he does it regularly. He's always keeping defenders honest because when the ball is you know about to be played, and you go to make a run, the lad grabs you I mean it's a foul just because referees don't see it most of the time doesn't make it not a foul
1: I I remember the first time I saw Goff doing this it was the Connacht final three years ago when Roscommon beat Galway and I was giving out shit about this because I'd never seen Goff doing this before and I was like that's very harsh but you're three years knowing what this lad's what this lad's thing is and they will have discussed the referee and they will have discussed what he he doesn't like so Cooper was completely his discipline was not good enough and he got caught by Goff at what Goff is looking at first. Yeah. So no sympathy whatsoever. Penalty.
2: He's not asking a lot. It's just don't put your hands on the defender and yeah. pull him. Like it's very clear what he's asking for. Yeah. And like, he's, yeah, it's a hard rail. Let a lot of stuff go. Like his games are always very physical. But yeah. if you're technically fouling someone by grabbing them, then it's yeah. a foul. But, yeah. but I
0: mean, even if, if Cooper is facing the ball and he has his arm across and the two guys are sort of wrestling, but they're both facing the ball.
1: You'll there, get away there, with there that, won't yeah. be,
0: There won't be a, f- a yeah. free given, but he had his back to the play when his hands wrapped around him. I
1: mean, yeah, come on. that's it. And Dublin got away with Cluxton coming off his line and Goff had a good view of that. So I thought Goff prob- potentially got that wrong. The reason I'm saying this is because Jim Gavin said after the game, he says, we didn't get a rub of the green in that regard on calls. But that happens in games. Sometimes you get these calls and some you don't. And I don't know how they didn't get a rub of the green because, like, I mean, the Cooper Red, this is very black and white for me as well. So he got a tick for the penalty, then he got his first yellow, slightly harsh. I think Clifford sewed him up the river there and, and dramatically fell back to get him the yellow. Now, Cooper again had his hands on him. You see John Small tried to do it to, to Thomas O'Sullivan late in the game, sewed him up for a yellow and uh, O'Sullivan got a tick for it. Now, the reason Cooper didn't get a tick for that, it's probably only a tick offence, is because he got ticked for the penalty. So now this is his per- second personal foul, he's getting a yellow. And then, is, then the, the last one is the most blatant foul I've ever seen. Clifford expertly uses his body to shield uh, Cooper away from the ball. Cooper had committed and now Clifford has him turned. So Cooper in desperation, if Cooper just ran into the back of him, he might have got away with it. But he he had missed him because uh, Clifford had sidestepped him. And now he was going to be going flying out the other side of him. So he grabbed onto his arm to stop it and pulled pull Clifford with him how could anybody apart i went into at half time and genuinely i wasn't wasn't going to even mention this because it's just so dumb joe brawley was saying it was a free out and and so was kieran Whelan. like there was disbelief up in the amongst the journalists watching this. It was junior B-level analysis now. This was not a free out. In any shape or form, it was a second yellow and it was a stonewall uh, red card.
2: You see, just, just on that, like, so the first yellow you talked about might have been harsh, but it doesn't have to be a yellow card offence. So as long, when you have a tick, a Second tick is a personal a yellow foul, card. and Gough so,
1: went down to. Him. I think Gough actually held up three fingers, that's your third foul, yeah. and
2: I, you know, so two ticks amounts to a yellow card, no matter if it's a yellow card offense. I gotcha, I get And you. then the third tick doesn't have to be a yellow card. If you get a third tick when you're already on a yellow, then you're off, right? And but that was a yellow offense, yeah, though, it was. You know? yeah. I'd say I actually think it's a black card, maybe, which would have been a red anyway, like you know, yellow plus black yeah, 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 anyway, yeah. But yeah, like how it, could it,
1: anyone argue that was a free the other way? Like, I mean. It, it, that's just beyond belief now. Like, I mean, if I went on to RTE and I gave that analysis at halftime and I never got asked back, I would, I would say that's fair enough. I got, that, <laughs> I got that so wrong, yeah. you know. And you're influencing people on that, people that might not understand it or have played the game. That Clifford did brilliantly there, and Cooper got sold up, sold up the river look it's the oldest it's, <laughs> yeah. it's the oldest trick in
0: the book as an inside forward that you have the kamikaze defender trying to win a ball he's never going to win and that's C- cooper does this you know that he's a sort of a reckless enough defender at times he was going it's what makes him excellent when it works out but he was going full out to get the ball clifford slightly steps towards his right uh, Clifford would have gathered possession in the ball with his left yeah, hand, and he was away the other and way. And he was he had he had Cooper spun, and he was heading for goal. The only reason Clifford didn't wasn't able to gain possession of the ball was because Johnny Cooper grabbed him with both hands, grabbed Cooper's uh, grabbed Clifford's right arm with both hands, yeah. and f- dragged him to the ground. I mean, I I I'm astonished uh, at it's astonishing the, right. at the at the that this is even a talking point, yeah. that any of these decisions are a talking point. They're not. It's blatantly obvious um, to anybody who has watched football, anybody who has played football, and Johnny Cooper will absolutely know himself that he he gave the referee a call to make. And that's, it's as simple as that.
1: Yeah. No, is that, is that, we'll move on from that, because that's just it's not even something that we'll ever debate, because it was just so obvious. I did think that Dublin needed to take Cooper off Clifford. Clifford had a a very mixed bag, He tar- some terrible wise, and a really bad one into the goalie's hands near the end when yep. they needed it. And he was roasting Cooper. And now he's on a tick, right? Leave that go. Now you're on a yellow. You have to take him off then. It's too risky otherwise. And Jim Gavin said after game, I thought he was doing okay. Uh, David Clifford is a fantastic player. He wasn't doing okay. He was being roasted. No, he being was trained. being roasted and he was being isolated in there too. And it was a bizarre matchup to begin with because Cooper has kind of made a career on marking from the front and predicting out in front and then Gini had put manners on him with that uh, ball for the penalty now Cooper's all over the place Clifford's running in behind him and they were getting the ball up the field Cooper is played a lot of his football wing back he's a good man marker but against a Tyrone where he's he's predicting out in front and they're not going to kick it that much do you know, he's not a good man. La- Fitzsimons is your man as the last man in there. You know, as the... Yeah, well, there was there was no comparison between
0: the, the marking job that Fitzsimons did and Cooper did. Like, Fitzsimons did a brilliant job with Clifford when he was on him. Cooper was all over the place. Now, look, unfortunately for him, he just had a bad game. Like, it's, Well, is it, it, he
1: capable it, of having a good game on no, Clifford no, no, no. It was a, in that position? It,
0: it's, it's one of the first... It's probably the first time I can ever remember having to say it, but the Dublin match up there was completely wrong. Yeah. It was the wrong matchup and I don't know how the Dublin management ever thought it would be the but right that,
1: matchup. That's before the game. Yes. So now he's on a yellow. The very oh, yeah. obvious thing is to go back to the matchup that was that little bit more obvious.
0: Yeah. Well, it's a, look, it's a reflection of the day Dublin had overall. I yeah. mean, Dublin's players, most of them, a lot of them didn't play that well. They didn't execute as they usually do. They were way below par and their management um didn't didn't have a good game either.
1: We'll talk about that a bit more in part yeah, two as yeah, well. Fair enough. Their management had a terrible day at the office. I think they froze. I think they completely froze on a, on a lot of things. And they wouldn't be used to being in that position. They're usually winning games comfortably. Like I mean, and Kerry were rattling them. We'll just go through one or more one or two more incidents because the Thomas Sullivan. A lot of people trying to say that was a second yellow. He got a tick for it. John Small completely exaggerated the foul. He was going back before Th- Sullivan put a hand on him. It's not a yellow card offense. It's a tick, and it was his second one. And so if he did that again, yeah. that's his yellow, well, look, and he's gone.
0: On that occasion, even only like I would say that when you when you see that in real time, it looks like geez, it looked like an awful tackle. Yeah. but when you watch it in in a replay, Tom Sullivan barely does. Barely anything touched to him. him. I mean, barely touched you him. could you could actually say that it, it's never given. But I mean. John Small's legs were in the air before. It was
1: simulation. It was basically a dive. How brave of that was that of Goff. Because the crowd roared, and now you know the whole culture of evening the the numbers up. Like, Goff was brilliant in that scenario, to calmly tick him, put his note back, boos rang out around the stadium, and he didn't... I thought Goff had an outstanding end, because the Stephen O'Brien penalty, some people are complaining, it wasn't a penalty. It would have been the softest penalty ever. O'Brien went to shoot, McCaffrey's just kind of touching his arm, and he, he accentuated it as well. I couldn't fault Goff yesterday at all, other than the Cluxton coming off his line. And... I don't know, like I of, often think they're often harsh penalties anyways, do you know, or to a retake or whatever for, you know, that kind of thing. Yeah, well,
0: I suppose technically that was probably the only one that... Technically he got he wrong, Maybe yeah. he got it wrong, but...
1: At the same time, oh, the, I don't, oh, go, go on, on. Sorry, no, the, go on. William. There was a foul by Dear McConnell on on Jonathan Lyon at the oh, end. Oh, at the right. very end, that, yeah. It that was like a, a bit bad a, call. A trip, yeah. Yeah, he, That was yeah. a bad call. He tripped him. But other, other than other than those two, I think he got most of the call. He got all of the calls right in yeah. a difficult, bloody game to yeah. ref. Yeah. Brave
2: calls to make, as well
1: as you say, like and especially of all the pressure and narratives that were
2: going on coming into the yeah. game. Like, so yeah, yeah no I think idea. I
0: think that really needs to be taken into account. Like, I mean, the, all like when have you ever heard in the build up to a game? Like, nobody knows who the referee is. Like, the fact that his name was in the paper and there was all sorts of talk about him and questioning his character and all this sort of stuff. Like, personally, if I was a referee in that situation, I'd say, look to hell, I couldn't be arsed with this. this. is Why would you put yourself in that place? And then you have the pressure in, of, of the game. You have a massive crowd there putting extensive pressure because they all just roar for every decision that goes against their team. They don't care whether it's right, wrong or indifferent. Yeah. Players are constantly putting the referee under pressure. So it takes, like, it takes a massive amount of sort of fortitude and courage yeah. to continue to just apply the rules... You yeah. know, which is, you know, and sometimes these calls are very difficult to judge. It happens so fast, it's marginal. Sometimes something can look a lot worse than it actually is. He has no benefit of any replays or no. anything like that.
1: He was clo- He was very lucky, he was close to the Thomas his Sullivan foul. His positioning was yeah, brilliant. So he saw it. Really good, he yeah. saw it, yeah. In fact, like I was surprised he didn't actually have a word with John Small because looking at it from the press box, I was thinking, oh, Sullivan could be in trouble here because when you put your hand across, you don't know how much you pull. Yeah. But Thomas Sullivan didn't really pull. John Small just felt his hand yeah. and, and went to ground and then. Had a word with Goff running past. Did you see John Small doing that? Yeah. But he was under pressure too. He went on an el- on a yellow too, and I thought he might have been changed. But Dublin were Dublin were all over the place. One or two small ones here. Oh yeah, Dublin won the toss and went into the hill. We were talking about this last uh, Thursday. So this this uh, this dynamic has changed. So Cluxton went into the hill sixteen the first half. I don't really have much more to say about this, other than it, <laughs> other than it, it's happened again. Other than I was right since <laughs> Colin Parkinson. <laughs> no, John, Fo- well, John Fogarty John Fogerty was right. I don't think anyone can be right on this. We're just pointing. We were actually wondering what the hell is going on. That usually they go into the hill in the second half. Um, another top one, fun, funny one. I thought two funny ones. So Kerry ran out in the field during the Cork minor presentation, which was completely out of order. Like I mean, I know the game went to extra time, but like I mean, they ran out. Dublin gave them another four minutes, but Kerry were out warming up as the Galway players were still looking at the presentation. Now, I don't know if this is a Kerry Cork rivalry thing. Like. <laughs> I know they're only young lads, but give them, give them the two minutes to, to, to enjoy that moment, I thought. Um, I know these things are all, all, um, all timed. The parade turned along the 45 instead of marching along the 21 in front of the hill and the hill all started booing. I hadn't seen that before I don't know if that's an all-around final thing I don't know if you noticed it on television but they came to the 45 came across there two loads of booze. they were letting off a flare to dubs on hill usually they go down to the 21 and you get it right and I would say both Kerry and Dublin players would have not enjoyed that like walking in front of the hill like that I've done it once and it was just it was a cool thing to do you yeah. know you're down right in yeah. front of them parading around and no pressure well there's pressure on you but the game's not on Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know yeah. what I mean you can have an old look last one is there was an American comedian, Josh Prey, um, talking to the crowd at halftime. Now, you might have seen him on on, on Facebook. And very unfunny uh, fella, just shouting and roaring about how Hurling's crazy, man, and, uh, you know, how Gaelic football's mad and camogie. It just, it's just funny when I look at the, the likes of this. He was up in the press box shouting and roaring. He, I, well, I don't find it funny at all. But how desperate the GEA is for any sort of outsider to like our... Game. So this lad spoke to the crowd in the stadium. So he had about 2,000 Twitter followers. Now he's about 16 since he started talking about hurling and football and all, mostly Irish. He's just an American fella who thinks <laughs> hurling and, uh, and now he's got a ticket to the game and he's speaking to the whole crowd. <laughs> like, it's like the desperation for the English Twitter reaction to hurling. And, you know, to when it was on Sky, like, why are we so needy yeah. for other people to love G- the GA games the same as we do. Is it a weird one?
2: Yeah, it's like just a need to be validated. Like, but look, I put out a tweet about this yesterday and it's uh, one of the biggest regrets I've ever had in my <laughs> life. I felt like Willie for a second. They saw all these
1: streams of abuse coming <laughs> I in. I sent him a picture of him because me and him agreed last week. This lad's so unfunny. Like, how are even people liking this? And then I, he was up in the press box and I sent Conan a picture, like, Conan's sitting at home and this lad's <laughs> up, in the, up in the press <laughs> box. I just uh, smack in the face.
2: You, know, you cover a club, college, you do all the county games, league, whatever else. And then Josh Praise
1: up in the press box. Go on, saying, Josh. Really. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Fair play to I'm
2: jealous of him. <laughs>
1: <laughs> right, we'll come back in part two and look at the match.
0: You ready? Let's go. I've had fullest follow me. And not just car flats You know what I mean mm. it, uh, it happens It happens yeah. and, and it does happen yeah. But I'll tell you one thing It's a lonely spot And the best thing you can do Is keep moving And I thought Connolly yeah. Looked to be trying to do yeah. that The last time.
1: Yeah. The camera showed It didn't look great Yeah there was um, Maybe they could say It was theatrical or whatever But like, the reality is That there was contact And um, I wasn't trying to win a penalty I was trying to go out And win the ball You know Actually it's funny Your man Conan watching him on, the, on your programme Like uh, I, I was one was he to say it matters as me. He was kind of making out terrible and lucky to lose like that. Let's go. 10% luck, 20% skill, 15% concentrated
2: power of will, 5% pleasure, 50%
1: pain, and 100% reason to remember. So the first 15 minutes, lads, first, first 17 minutes, Kerry were 5-4 up. They were well on top. They were playing brilliantly well. Not only were they 5-4 up, Clifford had missed two or three that he had to put over, two that were just gimmies for the likes of him. They'd missed a guinea goal chance cleared off the line by, by um, James McCarthy. They had the penalty miss and that Stephen O'Brien with a half chance off his left to went for right. They, could, like, they arguably, conservatively, could have been two seven to four points up. Isn't that you know what I mean? Crazy. They didn't make hay. Then Dublin got the goal against the run of the play, and then probably for the second half of the first half, it, you know, Dublin were the better team.
0: Yeah. Look, it. it they'd be disappointed. Kerry would be disappointed with their. With their execution. And in fairness, you haven't even included David Moore in kick the wide. It was from distance, but the two that Clifford missed, two point scoring opportunities, definitely should have got them. Look, obviously a missed penalty is always going to go down as a big miss. And Stephen O'Brien got the point. So yeah, like they can the goal a, chance e- off, clear, off the line yeah. as well. Like even look, there's there's guarantee uh, uh, most, got days, out most of days, that. days there's an additional one two on the scoreboard yeah. and on a on a really good day you take all of those chances. Yeah. So when you play against Dublin Unfortunately, you keep them in the game if you don't really take those chances. And in fairness to Kerry, they were superb on the restarts from Cluxton. They really kept Dublin pinned in and created these these chances for themselves. So they'll be desperately disappointed um, with the missed opportunities, but they'll also take a
1: huge amount of positives going into the next day from how well they did. They did now they did well for that first seventy minutes. Then Cluxton. Uh, started finding his men. Now, that press is so aggressive, lads, that you, I took a picture of it yesterday. It's two on four down the way. We know that. That's Mannion and Khan being left on their own, right? So that creates panic, right? Because you know how important this press is. And after any Sean O'Shea free or 45, Clifford was desperately calling everybody down. Like, you know, there's nothing unusual in that. But when Howard caught that ball, Every, there's panic stations then with the Kerry players they're all over the place this, this this was you can't let Dublin if that press is on they can't win a clean ball you have to break it slow it down and let it get back in the worst case scenario the worst is that Dublin get a fetch and a, and a mark now you're in big trouble now I thought Dublin were slow on a couple of occasions of getting it down but the, from the 70 minute on they, got, they hit that press for 1-2 and then Kerry abandoned it in the second half but they had to abandon it
2: yeah I think so because like there, there, Dean Rock got a ball from deep as well. and started targeting. a great right one. That the top, under yeah. the Hogan, yeah. That
0: was a superb
1: catch. It me. was, yeah. And
2: McHyre, yeah, you mentioned he got two like that one. It was one pass to Paul Mannion and they ended up getting a score out of it. The McCaffrey goal, yeah, was like um, three passes and it was in just yeah. from that ball over the top and then but Kerry completely exposed.
1: And that, that's the thing. And you talk about the McCaffrey goal now, right? So some people said back to me yesterday, oh, that didn't make any difference to the goal because McCaffrey ran from deep and he could have done that anyway. It did, because Morley and these lads are trying to desperately get back on their men. They're not, in, they're not set up properly. By the time they're back, have their hand on their man, now McCaffrey's bearing in on the 21. And I thought Morley's defending for that was poor. He stayed with Mannion. He let McCaffrey come right in and score when the right thing was to do, at least come out and make Jack double guess himself
0: Yeah yeah well I, I definitely think that it was Tom O'Sullivan was the one that I, that I spotted in that one in fairness because Morley did have a man but who was close to goal in terms of Morley was with Mannion Mannion was at risk of getting a pass say for example and look Morley made the wrong decision he could, should have come across earlier and made McCaffrey make a pass but Tom Sullivan could see you know he, he was on Conno Callahan. Con O'Callaghan just sort of jogged out the field and did a little bit of a loop no no interest in getting on the ball while Jack McCaffrey was searing through the middle Tom Sullivan should have left Conor Callahan, and if he had left Conor Callahan, there was no goal there was absolutely no goal unless right. McCaffrey was able to beat him you know and he, all he
1: had to do there was a number of, of Kerry defenders chasing back like, like obviously no one can catch McCaffrey but there's an e- is there an element in this of he runs back to find his man, and oh, then yeah. when he finds him, he's like not inclined to yes. leave him again, T- you totally know. Totally I
0: mean? agree. He just didn't see, he didn't look. We talk, we've spoken about it an awful lot. He just didn't see the danger early enough. And in fairness to Tom Sullivan, he's he's such a really tight, sticky man marker that that's kind of what he does. He just stays with his own man. But on that occasion, the right decision was to leave Con O'Callaghan and get across and cover the centre because McCaffrey was steaming through the middle. Now, like, I'd say Kerry, when they look back at the video, will be able to point out a number of players that contributed to it. Like when Jack McCaffrey started his run, he ran past, actually for the length of the field, he ran past six carry defenders. Right. And he ran past three of them that were competing for the ball. You know, Gavin White being one of them, I can't remember who the other two were. They just didn't react immediately and get into a sprint. Like if they got into a sprint... I mean, you know the sort of thing when you lose possession and everybody, everybody for a split second switches off. Yeah. And all of a sudden, then the forward has the run on you and you're gone. And that was just what happened. And it look, Kerry could have easily pre- prevented that goal by reacting quicker and by their players making better dis- defensive decisions. Yeah. They could have
1: prevented the goal. I don't know, it's a weird one with that Howard catch because he caught it over Gavin White and Adrian Spillane had been detailed to mark uh, Howard. So I don't know where Spillan had disappeared to at that stage, but well, he should have been there. Because he could have competed with him. Gavin White was completely out of his comfort zone jumping with with Howard. But I thought that uh, Kerry starting Jack Barry, I thought that would have been at the expense of Adrian Spillane. But no, Spillane went to follow Howard, which was another good matchup. And now Barry and Moran were well on top in midfield. And they shared the Fenton duties, which was a weird one. It was like, It's hard to understand who's picking who up, but Barry was trying to pick up Fenton. But I've I have a feeling Fenton was uh, marking M- was more marking for the Mourin, yeah. for, he was marking Mourin for the kickouts, yeah. you know. So there was a bit of confusion here, but it was not the man marking job from Jack Barry on Fenton. That I I was expecting
0: no, certainly not. Like Jack Barry got involved in the play an awful lot and got on yeah. a good bit of ball. He and won actually, one of
1: those good kickouts early on. Like yeah, phenomenal kicks. catch. Yeah. yeah,
0: falling backwards. Yeah, it was brilliant. He actually had a very good game for a fellow who hasn't he played did. a huge amount of football in the championship. Um, but yeah, look, the, sometimes the games just go a bit frantic. Like when you think that Kerry are playing with a, a zonal press on the Dublin kickout, which are because it's zonal, they can't pick, you know, they're You're not going man to man. Then, so yeah. then when, when the play breaks, if Dublin get possession, they're probably just picking up the nearest man to them and taking a bit of responsibility from that.
1: Yeah, no, it definitely was. But Howard was, is the go-to man for the kickouts when When all else is failing, doubt, yeah. Cluxton's looking for Howard. That's how important he's become. And he won a couple of really good ones in the second half as well. Um, but that's it. It's hard to know with that press now, lads, because it is so aggressive that when Cluxton realised that well I suppose he was trying to go long well, on all fair, of them to be
0: fair Woolle, like that's what I was saying I don't know in, if in I not he, he wasn't specific he tried to do it a few times it's just that like if you kicked him long he wasn't going to go short because he realised Kerry had a massive numerical, you know, they had a numerical advantage there. They were going to pin Dublin in and put them under severe pressure. He would have been selling a man down the river now if he popped a short ball to him standing still. So he was kicking to the the third line of the Kerry zone. Yeah, the wall, as
1: Connan called it. So they
0: had four across their full forward line, four and a half forward line, and four across the middle of the field. So Cluckson was hitting that third zone of four. And what they had then was Rock and Howard would start further back and try to run into that. You know, it carried. For the fourth zone, or the third zone, out for Kerry were standing there in a zone, in a position. The Dublin players stood behind that and tried to make a run, so that if Cluxton could hang it up or get distance on it, that they would be attacking the ball from behind and be able to do what Howard did, which was climb on on Gavin White's back to get up and catch the ball. And Rock did it before that. Like if you look at the, the Jack Barry catch, Jack Barry is running backwards almost to try and get up and catch that ball. So it was right on the limit. So Cluxton. He was going for Howard because Howard's his go-to man. He's not going to kick it to David Moore and he's trying to keep it away from him. He's going to that zone. He kicked a few of them out there. Kerry won some. Dublin won some. I mean, that's, you know, you know, to be crediting Cluxton to say, oh, he cracked the press. He didn't. He kicked the ball to the same place he kicked some that they lost, but they just happened to, like, if you look at the catches, Rock made an incredible catch, Howard made an incredible catch, and before that, Jack Barry made an incredible catch. Other than that, Ball was broken yeah. and on that's the what's ground. always
1: happened in midfield now you know you'll exactly, win some and yeah. you'll lose, you some some and you lose some and it's a, it's, a,
0: it's a better thing
1: than kicking it to your corner back who's going to be pinned in by three or four yeah. carry forwards Kerry went short a lot in the first half didn't they with their kickouts? and I think they went a bit longer in the second half would that be fair enough
2: yeah, they did until I think Dublin started tiring a little bit. So in the last, I was looking at the last twenty five minutes, and Kerry won six of their seven kickouts, and Dublin only won four. So and gave away three balls, which is when Kerry got back into in the, the game. And Tommy Wallace yeah, impact, yeah. You know, David Mourne had a big catch around there as well. But it started to open up a bit more. I don't know, was it just the legs, with the lack what, of numbers, what, or McCauley being Kerry? Or, sorry, Dublin don't press as aggressively as Kerry
0: do. I mean, Dub- Dublin. Dublin nearly always have a. There's always a spare defender in the opposition's full yeah. back line when Dublin are pressing. They kind of go zonal between men because they, they, they want to have men further back out the field. They didn't do
1: that aggressive press no. they did against Mayo. No, didn't, Ke- not. Dublin didn't do that in the whole game, no. which was bizarre. But I suppose they were, down, doing it?
0: they were down. They were down a man for a large period, so you can kind of understand it a little bit. But having said that, they don't like Dublin. Don't go as aggressive as Kerry on the press. You know, they don't because they don't want to leave themselves fully exposed further back.
1: They did against Mayo. They did the Kerry press against Mayo. But Mayo don't have enough danger. I don't think Dublin, being a little bit conservative, were like, it's a little bit risky against Kerry. If Moran catches it he'll he'll move, you know what I mean? He'll move it down. Dublin changed that press. Dublin did yeah. that against Mayo and destroyed them with it and I didn't see it once. So
2: this is interesting because against Mayo it was only James Carr and Killian O'Connor
1: left in the 45 yeah. and Dublin had two players marking them. And Dublin knew Kerry would leave four up there so they'd have to abandon two. Yeah and Dublin are happy to move them all up but I don't know if they're happy of just leaving a man yeah, they're, free they're not
0: happy to leave free men yeah, yeah. No, they might change that the next day having seen how effective it was for Kerry and yeah. how, having seen how effective it was for them at the end was of the it game was it
1: effective for Kerry when Dublin hit it for
0: 1-2 it was effective you know for that? Kerry because Kerry dominated the game they like, the 1st minutes can In my view, you can't abandon a system that works because there are individual components within it that made mistakes. I mean, that's why that's why coaches play with a blanket defence because they don't trust defenders. They say, "Oh, I'm going to take any element of risk out of this. I'm going to play 15 men behind the ball." You know, it's just a different way of viewing the game.
1: Yeah. I. Okay, so Kerry could have had two six and Dublin would have got the one two. So. But
0: they wouldn't have. They mightn't have got the one two if their if their players had executed exactly as like you don't go out to like. There's ways of looking at the game. It's like, do you press up into midfield and say, we're going to win the ball here and we're going to press them high? Or do you say, oh, lads, what if we lose? And sure, if you, yeah. if you say, what if we lose, then you end up playing with men behind the ball and you'll never win the ball yeah, high up the Yeah, yeah,
1: you're right, you're right. So
0: it's just a... But they did give it up, though, which was interesting. Time, well, I think at times you probably have to because the energy in the team mightn't be good. And if you look at some of the scores Kerry got, maybe in the second half, they got a couple that were sort of on the break or where it was a broken down attack or a ball that dropped short, say, into the dub, into the Kerry goalkeeper's hands and they broke up the field with some kick passing. It's a It's a big effort then for all your players to get back up the field and set, particularly the longer the game goes on. So I think at times... They would, be, they would be in a position to press that and do it well. And there'll be other times where they, they're after building their attack from their own defence. They ah, just yeah. physically can't yeah, do it. Can't do yeah, you
1: can't do it. You can't, but I, you can trust me because I was there. The aggressive press where they were just leaving two Dublin forwards didn't happen in the second half. Not that I, not that I could see anyways. The big turning point in this game because, okay, I was saying Adrian Spillane picked up Howard which meant one of the Kerry defenders was kind of freed up and it was Murphy who wasn't free all the time because the game's so helter-skelter and he has, might have to pick someone up, but he was trying to drop in the first half a little bit. In the second half then when Cooper got sent off, Brian Howard went uh, wing back. Now Kerry had Murphy as a free man and he was, their, he was their spare man until the 52nd minute until Tommy Walsh came on. Dublin were four points up at that stage. Kerry were making no inroads with a conservative and we always said this on, on the show here it's just tradition in Gaelic football if you have a spare man he plays at the back right They were getting nowhere with this tactic because Dublin generally won't kick it to a sweeper when do you see a sweeper intercepting a Dublin pass they don't happen they're all diagonal balls now but anyways Tommy Walsh came on for Brian Bugley. Murphy went on B- Bugley's man now Walsh is an extra forward now Dublin don't know whether they're coming or going right so Dublin froze I couldn't believe it so James McCarthy goes in on on, on Walsh Sean O'Shea is free Sean O'Shea is playing out round midfield and there's nobody really marking him can you believe that like he ran a muck in the last uh, in the last 20 minutes he scored two from play and was on lots on lots of ball but that was just bizarre because the natural thing for a, from any management right I'll see what you're after doing there so whether I want to or not I have to take off a forward and bring on a back that's what you have to do in that scenario Kerry have just brought on an extra forward for a back and Dublin didn't do anything about it like Dublin brought on a sub for Michael uh or Small, Paddy Small in the 52nd minute. They didn't make another substitution until the 67th minute. They froze. They absolutely froze and they took off a big man for a little kind of forward. I think at that stage Keirkel-Kenny went to midfield it was just bizarre. I couldn't believe what I was watching that their only reaction to the Tommy Walsh substitution was James McCarty going him and what happens to James McCarthy's man? Yeah. And he was having a great battle with Sean O'Shea. Now unless Scully was trying to pick him up
0: I saw... Or did uh, Howard go in centre back maybe or something
1: Howard like that? was staying wing back but like I mean Howard was marking somebody at yeah. that stage you know so like I mean I don't know it didn't, it didn't seem it didn't seem smart not to take a forward off and bring on a back and at least have your matchups kind of right back there.
0: Yeah, well I suppose when, to, I can't remember who Merchant came on for but when Merchant came John into Small, the game Yeah, yeah so he, he had a bit of an impact with fresh legs but as you say if there's That wasn't it's, for it's, a forward, No, but it's, it's, it's bizarre that you would say that they, that they had So effectively for the latter stages of the game Dublin
1: had five backs marking six carry forwards Really yeah. is what you're saying, for, yeah. for 10 or 15 minutes in a match Yeah, no they had six backs because Howard went back instead of Cooper, six against seven Six against seven, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, and that he, was the situation on the field, lads, and Dublin management did not rectify that. Yeah, and Sean O'Shea's two score score—you probably couldn't
2: believe his luck. So he started the first move for his left foot at one. He kicked it down to Walsh, got it to Clifford, and he just yeah. came running in completely unmarked. And then David Mourns high ball into Walsh again. Sean O'Shea just comes running in completely unmarked, and eventually the boys scramble over and he puts it over. But he was just like
1: he was tormenting them anyway. He was and having a great game. Like and I, I heard Broly said on RT afterwards, the Sean O'Shea can do better the next uh. day. He was outstanding. We'll talk about him in the second, in, in, in performance of the weekend. But he was absolutely standing. But I found that crazy. Not only, that wasn't the only crazy tactical thing. The, Kerry took off Gavin White. Gavin White had a bit of a nightmare now, For being honest. He was captain and I'd say the pressure potentially got to him. Jack McCaffrey was giving him an awful doing. They took off Gavin White and then there was nobody detailed. Jack McCaffrey wasn't being marked either. Now, I know, you see, it's all just all over the place at that stage. But McCaffrey was after hitting one too. White was taken off after his second point, I think, the one with the left.
0: But but it's interesting. I I know it's different maybe when you're at the game, but
1: it didn't look like Gavin White was given a man marking job of Jack McCaffrey at all. No, it wasn't. But he was supposed to be on him. He was meant to be on that wing. You know, but McCaffrey was just doing what he wanted. Yeah, he was, yeah. Because Stephen O'Brien was being picked up by John Small. Yeah,
0: well, it was a totally different... It's a totally different tactical approach than what most teams have decided to do against Dublin, where they they push a man who's specifically detailed to to man Mark Jack McCaffrey. It it didn't look... look, Kerry didn't do that and Jack McCaffrey
1: scored 1-3. One 1-3? Three. One three. Yeah, like it's... After seeing how Dirk and Manmarked him, I'd say the message must have been to Gavin White, well now give him something to worry about the other way. Well, I'd say no. Like well, I mean, see, If, if that happens, yeah. yes. But your main job is to watch him. There are points in the game that if we have an attack, try and make him worry then. But you, you have to watch him at all. I don't want you off here and now we have a turnover and you're trying to get away from him and now we have a turnover and he's gone can't happen yeah. Durkin just showed what to do
0: yeah look there's there's no doubt about it that if look that was if, criminal there's, on there's Jack no, McCaffrey there's no evidence on, within the performance that Gavin White was given any responsibility no. related to Jack McCaffrey no. so let's be fair it's probably unfair to mention I mean, he was getting through a lot of work all over the field and playing his own game in the same way that Stephen O'Brien was playing his own game but Jack McCaffrey is just too dangerous a player really to, to leave sort of free like you, you kind of sometimes have to sacrifice a little bit of something to, to make sure that Jack McCaffrey is watched yeah. and it, it's, that's a mistake from the Kerry management team that they hadn't
1: made that call yeah. you know I
0: think that was, that was the one, probably one of the mistakes they made a really think. big one now yeah.
1: and that's being hit for 1-3 over a mistake and that's after Durkin just literally every time Jack McCaffrey took off in a run he, was fought, he went on yeah. that run with him and like, I mean, that's not rocket science. <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, he's a very dangerous player going forward. Yeah, and then gave him something to worry about going in the
2: other and direction. And Gavin White's a well. defender. <laughs> yeah, like uh, look, if you look at it, like uh, McCaffrey only touched the ball in his own half five times. So that's how little he had to do in defence. Like you know, he didn't even have to take the ball out of defence. He could just go forward completely free and pick it up in, in dangerous areas. And I was trying to think, why would Kerry do that? But maybe that's the only way that they thought they could
1: limit. Conor Callaghan and Paul yeah.
2: Magnum by getting by those players back, yeah. back. But it's too hard to cover yeah, all these bits is, it is
1: and offering Jack McCaffrey onto you though that's where he revels like you know leaving him outside and then he'll come on a burst <laughs> and now you're, you know, you're at sixes and sevens then with his pace but it was bizarre. But like, I mean, we discussed last week, uh, keen about Tommy Walsh starting. I, wa- I was thinking you have to start him because it's exactly what Dublin don't want. And like, I mean, James McCarty went in on him like we all predicted. Now James McCarty, who's having a good battle against uh, Sean O'Shea, and he was driving into Sean O'Shea and Sean O'Shea was taking it and giving it back. And it was great battle to watch the two of them, two outstanding players going at it. But Walsh changed the game. Like, the, the tactical change of Walsh changing the game changed the game where Murphy didn't sweep and now they had an extra forward. That absolutely changed it. But Walsh himself, like, I mean, he set up the goal. Then Moran gave him a beautiful ball. Their club mates yeah. over the top. That was textbook it off. Sean O'Shea, in fairness, there was enough Dublin defenders back. It was a, great, it was a, really it was a finish. brilliant, brilliant finish. Yeah. Now he scored a point himself. He kicked a bad wide after winning a kick out. Look how he impacted five, ten, six minutes. Yeah. Dublin were all over the place when that happened. Now, I do think it was because he was an, almost an extra forward as well as him being a really dangerous player.
0: Yeah, he yeah he caused confusion. But look, Tommy Walsh is a, you know, it's great to see him back sort of looking like the player that he was before he went away to Australia in terms of just his ability to influence a big game like this. Um, but look, either way James McCarthy back in full back on Tommy Walsh is not a good matchup for Dublin in any event i mean he's been lamped back in there just because he's a big lad Yeah, but he's not he's not a full back and he's not a cornerback. so to put him in there on Tommy Walsh is a ba- is again it's a bad move he, i don't maybe he's he's the best of what dublin probably have in there but there's no doubt about it that it blunts a lot it takes a huge amount away from what dublin have out the field because if you're if you're playing against Dublin. McCarthy is a massive driving force from the half-back yeah. line. He is a massive physical presence both on his own kickouts and on the opposition's kickouts and in terms of his, you know, his physicality and defensive work around that middle third. To have him back in the full back line, you're taking a lot off Dublin and you're putting him into a place where he's not comfortable. And he's going to probably get cleaned out by somebody like Tommy Walsh.
1: Yeah, no, it is like I mean, but how do you? Who do you deal with Tommy Walsh with? Fitzsimons, the only other one, maybe Philly McMahon, who might wrestle with him or try and get a body in, who's good at that.
0: At the minute, based on performances and uh, stuff this season, Dublin don't really have anybody that'll handle them. No, if the ball is going in right to Tommy Walsh, Dublin have nobody to handle them. You just have to watch the layoff. They just have to try and not like again. You put Philly McMahon in. If if it's a bad ball going in, yeah, anyone will probably wrestle with him, and you know and. Break it off often, but if it's good quality delivery going into Tommy Walsh, Dublin don't have anyone who can who can compete with him.
1: No, no, and, there's not in no, my mind. No, and that's why I think he should he should probably be starting because you have that over the full course of a game. And it was almost like we were saying on Thursday, why wait till you're five down to spring him. You know, and that's what they did. Well, there were four down, and then when he came on, they got it. There was another one, and they were in all sorts of trouble. And then I think Moran took over in midfield. That would be fair at that time. He really yeah. came into his own, and he's a brilliant, brilliant player, lads. He's just so stylish and so he's a Rolls Royce of a player. And he made Fenton look ordinary yesterday, like there's no doubt about that. And that's very unusual to happen. So it was a combination of Moran coming into it, uh, Walsh giving him that kind of option up there to get it in. Um, Clifford kind of came out to the half forward line and I thought Gini battled well throughout without he really a, like he had a very had a, good, a game, very good game. game yeah without Kind of setting the world alight on the board. I don't think he scored, but like I mean, he was he, he, he worked really really hard. It was yeah. a real it was a different type of performance from him, a battling kind of one.
0: Yeah, he dropped out very deep. Look, he influenced the game through effort and work rate as opposed to through his silky skills. But yeah. even still, he still had a, a massive influence in some of their key moments in attack. And you know, it was his pass, his little bit of brilliant skill and lovely little pass into Clifford that you know Johnny Cooper ends up fouling Clifford for the yellow card. So you know, he did. He was probing and he was causing problems. Up front as well, but the predominantly he had uh, it was work right across the field. But going back to the whole tactical thing and maybe starting Tommy Walsh, I mean, Kerry decided to they wanted Paul Murphy as a sweeper, so they played Adrian Spillane and got him back out on Howard. So it, it meant that Davy Byrne was basically free for Dublin for the whole game. That's that's a call, Kerry. If Kerry made the call to play Tommy Walsh in the full forward line from the start and you would have to say, you know, probably Spillane is the man who gets dropped for that role. You know, it means that then Kerry don't have that cover defender in their own defence, and I think that they would be afraid of Dublin's potency and attack in order to do that. So, it's a very difficult balancing act for them for them to go with. Like uh, you, you can talk, like definitely you can see the benefits of starting Tommy Walsh because it messes Dublin up. Yeah, but. I, you know, that that's a, it's a very hard one but to you, gauge but what the here's, best here's, option is. Here's there. the thing:
1: how many interceptions did Paul Murphy make as a sweeper? How many double ups did he make where he dispossessed anyone? You know, a, I know you can be there sometimes, so you might be turned off to kick in. Yeah, well, I understand uh, that, but like, I mean, that's but hard to you, prove. If you
0: think about Conal Callaghan, Conal Callaghan, when he was getting the ball, he was always beating the first defender, yeah. and it was always the second and third defender that would foul him or bottle him up. And that's the thing that you have with a lot of the Dublin players in one-on-one battles. Even though the Kerry defenders defend really, really well one-on-one, those Dublin players get the ball in hand. They will beat the man one-on-one. And it requires a huge amount of um, work rate from your midfielders or from your half forwards to be able to get back to block up that space if you don't play with a sweeper. So personally, that's the way I like to see football being played. I would be... I would be m- more adventurous and
1: I would be saying let's cause the opposition a problem but I can still understand can why I can it, understand yeah. why they would go with It wasn't until they gave that up that they actually... Ca- well, in the first 70 minutes it was working out well, I suppose. Like, I mean, that system was working out perfect. Um, you know, there's no doubt about that. But like, I mean, we're, we're back down to the last uh, 11 minutes now which we've kind of covered and that was the sixty-six minute. Jeez, Kerry really gave as good as they got in that last uh, period. They were, you know... It was, Kevin McStay said in the commentary they're actually getting scores easier than the Dublin Dublin and they were and the long ball was working and the long ball worked for Dublin too but I'd say they only did it twice in the whole game to Conn. like would be surprised they didn't do that a little bit more Dublin
0: Yeah it's surprising that they didn't probably try and isolate Con O'Callaghan yeah. a little bit more because he
1: was running through carry players like they didn't even exist he That's just what I mean sort of He's transformed himself Yeah
0: and look despite the fact that Thomas, Ull- Thomas Sullivan is, is a great matchup for, for anyone who's trying to look for the ball out in front and look for short like he's really tigers and very tight but any ball that went in between them in a physical in the air confrontation, Con O'Callaghan, yeah. it is a slight mismatch. Despite the fact that Con's going to have to work very hard for it, so it is surprising that Dublin wouldn't have tried to work that a little bit better to try and isolate Con O'Callaghan inside. Um, I think that that's something they would probably be looking I think to do so a too. little bit more.
1: They will learn. From, they will learn. That's one thing from Dublin. Um, with the, I remember the replay against Mayo. Dublin learned a lot from that draw and i think they'll do the same again i suppose that's pr- pretty much um per- for a preview show i don't think we i think we've covered it all here all right we'll go to the perf- paddy power performance of the weekend <laughs>
2: he gave me back then was he, we were in the Glen Royal on a night out and he, I'd never met him before and he put his arm around me and he said you won't go too far wrong if you win the ball and give it to me I said alright well okay was great advice. Yeah, it was <laughs> <laughs> for you
1: yeah. right so Paddy Power performance the weekend we've probably covered Jack McCaffrey enough His 1-3 um, one three from play, he got one with the left, he got a goal with the right, he got a fist past the point and he got a point with the right. Like, I mean, it's just an array of his absolute brilliance. I didn't realise he had the left on the run. It was from the top of the D, but still, like, I mean, he was being marked and that's like, he wasn't, he's not known for being left footed. It was just a fairy tale uh, performance by a player that I know we all love on this show, Uh, I don't think any bloody Gaelic football fan wouldn't love Jack McCaffrey. He plays with a smile on his face. He was brilliant and Kerry might not thank Paddy Durkin for keeping him quiet. That's basically, you know what I mean? He was clearly up for it. I think Kerry not man-marking him was a huge mistake. Um, Like we said, when you're dropping players back behind the ball and in the second half when Gavin White went off, it was actually, I was looking at this going, who's on him now? And he was standing around midfield on his own. Do you know what I mean? And this, Gavin White got taken off Let me see what what minute Gavin White got taken off. He was taken off in the 48th minute. So for almost half an hour, Jack McCaffrey wasn't really being marked by anyone. Just think about that. (laughs) <laughs> like, anyway. I think at that
0: stage of now, the game he had
1: 1-2 at that stage he had 1-2 yeah. off
0: him I think to be fair I think uh, if, you were, if you were detailed to Mark Jack McCaffrey and you were after running around for an hour you'd be looking for strength in numbers as well you'd be trying to drop 20 yards off him and say Jack you can have it in your yeah. own but halfback we know
1: line. that doesn't work that's yeah, where he's destroyed the likes of Tyrone and these lads he's getting ahead of steam up so now you're giving him a free run at you and a lad with that blistering pace, don't let that, track that run from source. And like we always analyse here, he won't get that pass if someone's on him. You know what I mean? They won't give it to him out there. They'll just, he, oh, he's being tracked and leave it off. So it was just bizarre. 1-3. The top, top scorer for Dublin, well, Dean Rock, obviously, from the freeze, four Dublin players scored in the entire game out of 19, which is a bizarre one and only one sub on after 66 minutes. And that is very, very unlike Dublin.
0: No, well, I suppose we covered it before, and we've been proven correct. Jim Gavin does not trust his bench. He doesn't trust what's there. That's why Connolly was back in, and it's why there was very few substitutions made. He doesn't. They haven't made any impact in any of the games, and the evidence of that, you know, the evidence of the lack of substitutions tells you that he doesn't trust them.
1: Yeah, no it doesn't look like it does and I don't, I don't think it is like even Eric Lowndes wasn't there on the bench That's I That's very think. surprising to me a, yeah. He's usually a sub that comes on like a I man And always does well and, But wouldn't he be the perfect utility man take off a forward, bring on Lowndes and now he can pick up O'Shea Yeah Why would you not put him on because he can do a job kind of anywhere in that middle third you know and he's got
0: Yeah he's got he, great pace and perfect power for and Sean
1: O'Shea yeah. you know so that that, that, was a re- that was a really weird one Dean Rock I think deserves a mention for Performance of the Weekend The Fetch the clutch point to equalise it. The freeze was perfect. Like we can't in any way criticise him for the last three. They're almost, it. that was an almost impossible. If any critic I would give to it, I would have thought maybe he might have gone short and tried to work a closer in free because Kerry were under a lot of pressure at that stage.
0: Yeah, uh, look, it, it was, when he was lining it up, I, I didn't fancy him to get it uh, just because I think it's distance wise, it's slightly out of his range. He, he struggles with the longer ones. He just doesn't have the, the same um, distance in his kick as say what Sean O'Shea would have um, but how, You know, and you take everything into account the way he had to step off the pitch there's ah, a yeah. slight drop there um, very difficult I never thought he'd get race. that no and as well as that like he's 78 minutes in after running around for a long time I mean your legs are not exactly fresh even after a warm up and you're feeling fresh that's still a big kick so at that stage of the game I think Uh, Jason Sherlock was definitely on having a word with him before he kicked it he did take a long time over the free I think the the dubs looked at it and just says look this is the chance it's why we held on to possession for so long we drew the free Um, we've, we've managed this well this is our chance you know have a go at it and see if you can get it and in fairness they would have had great faith in Rock to be honest, very difficult free, uh, you know, very, very tough one to get, particularly uh, taking everything into account. He couldn't be
1: blamed at all for that. Very, yeah. you know. So you got 10 points, he got 10 points, three from play. Have got that fetch, obviously, in midfield. He got six frees, 145. Sean O'Shea got 10 points as well, four frees, 345s and three from play. Sean O'Shea is a very impressive free taker isn't he like I mean do, his distance doesn't seem to bother him at all 45s are nearly gimmies they're flying way over the bar
0: Yeah like his striking in the first like all the frees he was getting in the first half from distance like there was none of them were our straightforward frees they are to him but to, to the ordinary free taker they're not they're difficult kicks um, and they were and they were at the time of the game where you kind of keep and carry in and keep and carry ahead like it was like 345s in a match is fair kicking yeah. for anybody like yeah. I mean yeah. I don't know what the, what the strike rate is in 45 but I mean three in a game they're probably at inter-county level they're probably a lot, lot more than 50-50 but you know maybe they're 80% strike rate or something but I mean he, that's phenomenal accuracy to, to
2: do that like. it,
1: was, it was important too because one of them was after the penalty miss so at least that was only a two point yeah. miss then he got yeah. that and then there was another one was one. after
2: the crossbar the that was it Gini, the Gini got
1: blocked down and he yeah. got a 45 from that too so the two yeah. goal misses at least turned into a point that's massive yeah, and you're not like you're coming away with something at least. Like yeah. that,
2: that would be like we'd all just be talking about these missed chances now for Kerry, but he kept the scoreboard going for them, and think like one of them actually put them back in the lead anyway, even though they would missed a goal chance.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So Sean O'Shea, I think he had uh, 23 possessions, which isn't that much, but Jesus was a great battle. Honestly, that was probably one of the most underrated battles of the whole day was Sean O'Shea versus James McCarthy because McCarthy. He wasn't playing the old, I let him off and hold into the centre-back position. Oh, when when O'Shea won a ball, he bloody, you know what I mean? He really had to win it off James McCarthy. He was going in hard on him. David Moran, I think, was the outstanding midfielder, um, outstanding throughout. Um, the only blot on his whole day was the turnover at the end. And he should really have not run into that many Dublin players, even though... Jesus, a few occasions in the second half, he was bottled up and he, amazingly he's, he's able to get out of it. However, he does it. And, it, you know, we've talked about this before where he's being tackled and he's not even paying attention to the fella tackling him. He's just still looking ahead. Beautiful couple of the, the beautiful ball to Walsh that burn caught. That was almost inch perfect. And then the one for the Sean O'Shea point, that was inch perfect. That was lovely. Um, I don't know, lads, I don't want to get into a preview, but like, I mean, Walsh, or Moran and Walsh definitely have an understanding from from their time at club, you know, at club together.
0: They absolutely do, and th- Moran is such a good kicker of the ball that he's able to put the right flight and angle on the pass yeah. from deep in the field into Walsh, which means Walsh is... He's winning, he's going to win a very high percentage of them. This isn't like Mayo when they lamp Aidan O'Shea in there and they fire yeah. a crap ball in at him, yeah. you know, up in the sky. Or, or even the, a lot of the ball that Donaghy used to get over the years for Kerry was crap, you know, killing Young running down the wing and kicking it up in the air. You know, this is proper backspin on the ball, beautiful flight. When that ball is landed to Tommy Walsh, it's landing soft. So it's very easy for him to hold it first time. It's not hammering off his hands because it's been hit like a bullet. Like it's a yeah. beautiful flight on the ball. So, yeah, very interesting.
1: Yeah, I have Stephen Cluxton down here, even though you've turned me off him a little bit. But the two saves alone, uh, the, the two saves penalty, alone were penalty save moments. was massive. Yeah. And that really knocked the wind out of Kerry Sales, who were really rattling him at the time. And the Murphy save was outstanding as well. Like, I mean, that was the time when Murphy was actually a sweeper. And maybe he was told to get forward a little bit more because he wasn't, much of an advantage the way he had been playing, you know, but that was a great strike and that was going in if you didn't get the fingers to it, fingertips to it. Yeah, two two brilliant saves and it's just... He punched a great ball in the first half away too that was a dangerous ball. Yeah, he did a
0: dangerous ball in around the square but it's amazing, Cluxton, I mean, like <coughs> the... He almost, ha- he had a, for a goalkeeper, like he had almost a career highlights reel in the in the, in the All-Ireland final. You know, if, if a goalkeeper made one of those saves in a, in an All-Ireland final, it'd be the highlight of their career and he's made two of them and no fuss about it, you know. So I, the penalty save was a massive one at the time. Really, yeah. really crucial to the momentum. It was a game. poor
1: enough penalty though, wasn't it? At least there was conviction in it, but it was a nice height and it wasn't to the corner. Yeah, look, it wasn't the best penalty in the world. He struck it reasonably
0: well. He didn't you know, there wasn't a huge amount of pace on it either. Either but Clifford um, has to
1: take them. Clifford sticks that into the bottom left or the bottom right. Well,
0: I, I'm actually, surprised, I'm surprised with the with the strike that Sean O'Shea has on the ball. It's quite surprising to me that he yeah. I'm fairly around.
1: sure Geaney's missed him in the past too. I don't remember him being a Look, lethal it, penalty Look, is the
0: he's the senior man there. He's taken on the responsibility. We've seen them all score penalties before. Look. at it just wasn't his best penalty in the world and in fairness to Cluxon, he guessed the right direction when he went the right way he got a strong hand up to it he did and
1: it's actually funny when he guessed the right way it wasn't in front of him he had to put his hand back up to get it so it actually was a brilliant save in that it wasn't in the corner that it's right in front of your eyes he put a hand back up and got a strong hand to it so it was would we put it down to an outstanding save rather than a bad penalty very good save (laughs) 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 Okay, Tommy Walsh is the other one, lads. Turned the game completely, assisted 1-1. We've talked about that. Tyg Morley deserves a a mention here, lads. Got the job of Mark and Mannion, who has been... I know everyone's talking about Khan, but Khan across the season hasn't been as impressive as as Mannion. Mannion has been their main man. I didn't see that matchup coming. I thought Morley would take on Khan, Thomas Sullivan, Uncle Kenny, and I thought Foley would have marked Mannion. And I'll stand corrected on that because... Foley could get roasted by Mannion Morley just you just know what you're getting from him he's just an honest strong player and you're getting nothing easy off him and he got I think he got into Mannion's head so much that Mannion just started taking pot shots and now they were going over against Mayo but he too bad wides in the second half he did well to stay on the field the whole game actually the way Jim Gavin uh, would be ruthless enough
0: yeah look he snatched at a couple of his chances but that's a reflection of Morley's performance as well in that even when Mannion maybe got away from him Morley was chasing him down hard he wasn't he was constantly getting back to to put him under pressure and Mannion would have been feeling that pressure all along um, and Mannion just didn't have the, he was kind of back back to the erratic Paul Mannion that we would have seen over a number of years yeah. previous where he's mishandling ball he's skying shots he should be that he would be clipping over um, on this season's form so he'll be disappointed with his own execution. Now, none of the shots that he tried, you know, the two that he skied up in the air, they weren't percentage shots per se... But he'd been getting them this season, so uh, Morley deserves credit
2: for putting him under huge pressure. Yeah, Yeah. Mannion was whipped off at the end, wasn't he? I think for
1: did he get taken off at the
0: end? Yeah, sixty-seven minutes or something. which
2: it was a sign of of the game. Or Tag Morley was having at
0: least. Oh
1: yeah, sixty-seven. We did well to get to sixty-seven.
0: That's the yeah. Surprising, Costello wasn't brought on a bit earlier, to be honest, because particularly with the game the way it was, like Costello's a kind of he buzzes around a good
1: bit, like, and he is he is very lively when he comes into a game like that. Very, very bad miss from him. That was a percent. That was an easy chance for a for player him. Like him. For
0: him, he should. Yeah, he'd be disappointed. He didn't get very that.
1: disappointed. Um, and some people giving out that Connolly came on for Howard because Howard was playing so well. I'm fairly sure Howard Cramped. was tapping. Tampa- he yeah. was t- tapping at his leg. I thought it was his hamstring. Maybe that was cramping, or yeah. maybe well, he, he strained he had, it. He was down on the ground. It, it wasn't. No, to, you know, it wasn't anything to do with his performance. But Connolly had been warming up for a long time, lads, and he'd been tugged out for a long time. And it wasn't until Howard actually showed signs that I'm, I'm injured before he came on. I do honestly think Dublin management froze, lads. Con- Connolly's top is off. What are you waiting for? <laughs> get yeah. him on. Now, he had a shot to nothing as well. I wouldn't blame Connolly for going for that. He's well able to get those type of scores and he was in the pocket. Um, but that tailed off wide. Howard tailed off wide. You know, they were missing, they were dominating the game, but maybe that, maybe that was nerves as well, even though that they were, they were putting their bodies on the line to get the ball. But they were missing kind of yeah, chances.
0: Just, yeah, look, there are chances that those guys are capable of getting. But, you know, Connolly and Howard, if you stand them there and give them 10 shots, they're not going to get 10 out of 10. The, the, Howard would be doing well, I'd say, to get 6 out of 10 from where he shot from. And Connolly, they were
1: unlike Dublin. They, weren't, they, weren't, they, weren't, they were pot shots rather than... Yeah, but than, they,
0: probably that's a reflection of Kerry, you know, with the, extra, with the extra player that they had, Dublin's legs being tired. They didn't really want, you know, they, they had an opportunity. It was a sort of a a 60, 50, 60, 70% shot, they ordinarily would work it on, but they didn't have that extra support runner. It's late in the game. You know, they've worked so hard to get possession. You know, they have to have a go. They have to have conviction and go for these things rather than passing responsibility and passing the book. Like I'd say when that ball went back to Connolly, I'd say most people would have been thinking, oh yeah, he's going to nail this because that's what you expect from from Connolly you know and yeah. he probably didn't miss it by much
1: yeah no I don't think he did miss it by much right who wins uh, performance weekend very obvious one Jack McCaffrey uh, I don't one know Willie, like, I
0: mean we're going against everything we believe in if we give a
1: man of the match to a fellow fists a point you know? <laughs> <laughs> okay. that was one occasion that was a fisted point there was no angle there like I mean that was you can't even give out but about if that a goal, they would have won it do not say anything <laughs> about Jack McCaffrey here on, uh, to me on this like 1-3 from wing back and I'm a X ex number 7 myself and I really appreciate a man that can get 1-3 um, from wing back so Jack McCaffrey very obvious choice probably Sean O'Shea the next one in line uh, to get in there I thought he was brilliant throughout but he wasn't as good as McCaffrey so Jack wins that and we're around for another two weeks <laughs> well I'm going I, I'll go listen it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter we'll be doing a show Thursday i um, sure we'll do a preview show the following week as well so we're, we're hanging around it's been a long season but it's Kerry and Dublin in a replay so we won't complain we'll talk to you uh, Thursday good luck The GA Hour is sponsored by Paddy Power. Money back as a free bet on any championship match on live TV. If you're losing first
2: goal scorer, bet
0: gets a goal.
2: I'm not finished yet, it took me a long time to get here.
0: Both players have have spoken with each other and... uh, and um, they regret what happened. They've had a
2: frank discussion with each other, and they're both of them are keen to to now focus on getting back to their county journeys. But these fellas, he gets such a f-ing shit shock next Saturday evening that we put him back in their f***ing houses for ten years.